0: Good morning. Today is Sunday, May the 20th, 2012. We're at the First United Methodist Church of Fountain Valley, California. Through the Bible Sunday School class, we've been in the book of Ezekiel, and we'll be beginning today at Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 13. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word through the book of Ezekiel, that we can understand better, Lord, how prophets and other people of God have suffered for the sake of your people that your people will one day be presented to you, both Jew and Gentile, as a spotless church, holy and without blemish, presented to their Savior as the bride that she will be. Help us to understand this dark time of Jewish history and what it was to go into the Lord's furnace and for the dross to be melted off, and that it was part of his process Thank you that you do not let go of us when we backslide or go into sin or forget the covenant that we have with you, but that you are faithful even when we are unfaithful as we can see you were with your people in exile. Bless our time together, our pastors, as they prepare, Lord, the choir, and all the necessary parts that the service of worship will happen this morning. And we'll be careful to thank you in Jesus' name. Well, we've been in chapter 22 and we had ended at our short session last week as the Lord was describing what the exact nature of their sins had been. And he was very uh, careful uh, starting just a little previous to, to verse 13. He had said that Um, that they were bent on shedding blood, that was verse 6, and verse 7, that father and mother were treated with contempt. It's good to read these things and understand what are the things that really are displeasing to the Lord. Well, now you have a good little list here in Ezekiel. Father and mother treated with contempt. The sojourner suffers extortion in your midst. So the sojourner is a foreigner that comes into your environs, and you uh, decide that you should take his money. (laughs) And then you'll send him home uh, extorted. The fatherless and the widow are wronged. A lot of these were financial crimes, I kind of think. You have despised my holy things and profaned my Sabbaths. And we had talked about that word profane and profaning the Sabbath in an earlier study uh, this uh, one will come about in verse 8 if you just kind of look over at verse 26 the Lord will say you have made no distinction between the holy and the common and have taught the difference between the unclean and the clean and have disregarded my Sabbath so that I am profaned among them so a little further expansion on profaning the Sabbath um, and despising the holy things Then he says, there are men in you, at verse 9, who slander to shed blood, and people in you who eat on the mountains and commit lewdness, that's sexual sin. Men uncover their father's nakedness. That's kind of like the sin of one of Noah's sons, huh? In you they violate women who are unclean in their menstrual impurity. And that was one of their Levitical laws that the Lord had given them. So woman was not to be touched in her period. And so that was going on. One commits abomination with his neighbor's wife. So uh, adultery, I would guess. Um, Another lewdly defiles his daughter-in-law. Incest. Another in you violates his sister. More incest. His father's daughter. Same. In you they take bribes to shed blood. You take interest and profit, make gain of your neighbors by extortion. But me you have forgotten, declares the Lord God. So that left us where we ended up last week. So behold, because of all that, I strike my hand at the dishonest gain that you have made and at the blood that has been in your midst. So, a lot of financial sin. And, um, okay. Can your courage endure or can your hands be strong in the days that I shall deal with you? Rhetorical question. No one has enough courage or no one's hands are strong enough to fight the Lord when the Lord has determined that you will be. Judged. Little Chinese fire drill. Okay. (laughs) So, you're not going to be able to resist me. Okay. You will not be able to resist the Lord. And I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. He says that a lot in these prophets. He says it a lot in uh, Ezekiel. Uh, We have some chapters coming up where he says, I will do it, I will do it, I will do it. Like, you don't believe me. I am the Lord. I have spoken. I will do it. You can trust that my word will come to pass. You may be dishonest and what you say may not, but don't put that on me. I will scatter you among the nations and disperse you through the countries. Well, that's exactly what happened, right? And I will consume your uncleanness out of you. So now you know a lot of the purpose and the plan of the Lord is to consume our uncleanness, and we're all in the process of sanctifications. Thessalonians tells us this is the will of God, your sanctification. You cannot escape the hand of the Lord who comes to remove your uncleanness. And you shall be profaned by your own doing in the sight of the nations. And you shall know that I am the Lord. Um, Maybe I'll look up for the next time we meet. There's several passages where the Babylonians actually say as they're laying siege to Jerusalem, your own God is working through us towards you. They even knew that they were part of the hand of the Lord's judgment. That's why there was no excuse for them as they're sitting in their capital taking the temple vessels and making fun and mockery that they had the treasuries of the Jewish temple. Okay? No, if you know, much is required. (laughs) So if God has brought you as part of hand of judgment against these His chosen people, what, you know, in what spirit should you conduct yourself? Yeah, and I you think know, they, they thought they should be so much more mean. Yeah, and you'll see that their own judgment is coming, and we got to get past the chapters, because the Lord disciplines the other nations, too, and he is going to discipline them, and he's going to tell them exactly why, and we have that in the next few chapters coming up. So the word of the Lord came to me, verse 17, Son of man, the house of Israel has become dross to me. All of them are bronze and tin and iron and lead in the furnace. They are dross of silver. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have all become dross, therefore, behold, I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem as one gathers silver, bronze, iron and lead and tin into a furnace. Because Jerusalem is going to get burned physically And there's going to be a spiritual burning, the burning off of this uncleanness. And he says to blow the fire on it in order to melt it. So I will gather you in my anger and in my wrath and I will put you in, in my furnace and melt you. I will gather you and blow on you with the fire of my wrath and you shall be melted in the midst of it. As silver is melted in a furnace, so you shall be melted in the midst of it. And you shall know that I am the Lord. I have poured out my wrath upon you. Now, don't forget what's happening. Ezekiel isn't in Jerusalem. Ezekiel is in Babylon with some of the deportees. The true siege of Jerusalem is going to happen. And the Lord is showing him from afar what's going on at home. And... uh So that in and of itself must have been painful. There's nothing he can really do about it. Yet God has left his faithful servant Jeremiah with the people of God in Jerusalem. And Jeremiah had to go through a lot with the people. So, uh, the fire of the Lord's furnace. As silver is melted in a furnace, so shall you be melted in the midst of it. It's verse 22. And you shall know that I am the Lord. I have poured out my wrath upon you. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, say to her, say to Judah, say to Jerusalem, You are a land that is not cleansed or rain upon in the day of indignation, in the day of the Lord's wrath. The conspiracy of her prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion. Now, can you think of anything else that's like a roaring lion? Almost every Christian know who's like a roaring lion, Right? So the people, the leaders of the people, their prophets were like Satan. That's pretty bad. Tearing the prey, they have devoured human lives. They have taken treasure and precious things, and they have made many widows in her midst. A lot to be held accountable for. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the common. And this verse I just read, neither have they taught the difference between the unclean and the clean and have disregarded my Sabbath so that I am profaned among them. Now we're in verse 22, but we could flip back to 7, 8, and 9 when Ezekiel sees the abomination in the temple. Do you remember that? And he sees the presence of the Lord, the Shekinah glory, leaving the temple. And remember the Lord showed them that they were worshipping false gods and everything right in his courts. See, so now we have more reference to that, um, that they have profaned his holy things. Her princes, verse 27, in her midst are like wolves, tearing the prey, shedding blood, destroying lives to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have smeared whitewash for them, seeing false visions, divining lies for them, saying, Thus says the Lord God, when the Lord has not spoken. So now you know the Lord does not like his leaders putting his words in his mouth, words that he has not spoken. And you can see that this condition of the spiritual leaders doesn't seem to be too much different from what the condition is when Jesus Starts as public ministry. Yeah. The people of the land have practiced extortion and have committed robbery. They have oppressed the poor and needy and have extorted from the sojourner without justice. And I sought for a man. And that is just pierces me. And I sought for a man among them, a man who could build up the wall and stand in the breach before me in the land that I should not destroy it but I found none I didn't find an Abraham who said Lord if there's ten righteous men will you destroy Sodom and Gomorrah I sought for a man all we like sheep have gone astray and every one of us has turned to his own way and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all So he sought for a man. This is why it's so important to understand the prophecies for Jesus, because he found a man. He found a man who could build up the wall and stand in the breach. And that was some major breach standing that happened on Golgotha's Hill. That was a man standing in the breach. Um, my studies took me a little bit to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was such a man who stood in the breach. Let's see if I can find Nehemiah. Ezra, Nehemiah. And if you go to chapter one of Nehemiah, Let's see, Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah, it says, you know, one of the things that our speaker in the women's retreat said was, when specific dates are given in the Bible, it's very intentional because the more details there is to a story, the more the chances are it's a true story. Isn't that something? So he is in Susa, the capital, Okay, and he is asking, it says, in the 20th year I was in Susa, that Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah. And I asked him concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the exile concerning Jerusalem, And they said to me, The remnant there in the province who survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall is broken down and the gates are destroyed by fire. And as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I continued fasting and praying and said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps the covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. you know, if you are in faithful, well, I will scatter you among the peoples. And he did all that. Oh Lord, verse 11, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Because what is he going to do? He's going to go before King Artaxerxes and say, I got to go back. I got to build the wall. Got to build the wall. So God put that in his heart. He was going to undergo a lot of trouble. At verse 17 of chapter 2, he says, Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gate burned. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision. And I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good, and also of the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So he's building the people up and encouraging them because he knows if their hearts aren't encouraged, they're never going to be able to undertake the task of building the wall. Okay? And then you can think of one who really did build the wall, who brought together both Jew and Gentile and made of two one new man, a man that stood in the breach and built the wall. And Jesus said, "The Spirit, when he first started his public ministry, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to what? To build up and to comfort and to give garland of praise for the spirit of mourning and all of that. He was an intercessor. But at this particular time, the Lord looked, and he found none. None. Therefore, Ezekiel 22, verse 31, I have poured out my indignation upon them, I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath, and I have returned their way upon their heads, declares the Lord God. Now, Chapter 23. Chapter 23 is a painful chapter of the description of two prostitutes Samaria, a and Judah, a holy ba. And two prostitutes, and the worst of the two prostitutes being Judah, a holy ba. But since we're at time, it's 8.15 and we have choir practice, I think we won't get into chapter 23 today. It's a hard read because it's about as blunt as God can be. I don't know how you would ever teach this chapter to children because he talks and says things that are very sexual in content about how you know she wanted her breasts caressed and her nipples and all this stuff. And you're just going, wow, they're all prostitute type. Imagery. And then to think about that God would describe his people in such a disgusting way that you could understand that the nature of their spiritual condition had to be pretty bad. Pretty bad. So we'll save chapter 23 until we meet next. And I'll go ahead and let Karen close us in prayer. Father God, as we uh, come together to worship and praise you and hear your word. Father, I just pray that you would uh, enlighten our hearts. Uh, give us eyes to see and um, hands to work for you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Bible Study verse by verse with Vicki Mulak. For more of these podcasts and some resources, please go to our website at www.biblestudyvbv.org. That's www.biblestudy. V as in Victor, B as in boy, V as in Victor. The VBV stands for Verse by Verse. Dot org, O-R-G. There you can register and contact us, or just leave a comment. We welcome your feedback. Thank you. This is George Mulek.